Conversations, random, off-the-cuff discussions on all things paranormal. Hey listeners, welcome to Paranormal Conversations number five. This one was a lot of fun, Kelly. We are joined by Melissa and Mike of Destination Mysteries Podcast. They have their own investigation group. They're a brother and sister. I think they're about our age. And uh, we all kind of started investigating it about the same time. And it's a lot of fun to hear about the experiences that they have had in several locations that they've been to. Yeah, it was a really great chat. I really enjoyed interviewing them. And before we jump into that, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Amy Olson. Mike and Melissa have hosted the Destination Mystery Podcast for nearly two years, and during that time, they've taken listeners on some amazing adventures into reputedly haunted locations in the West, including inns, sanitariums, a nunnery, and even a nuclear power plant. They present their investigations as case files, and their investigative technique engenders interesting, poignant, and plentiful communication. Mike and Melissa have an appreciation of history and wonderfully inquisitive natures, Please welcome Mike and Melissa of Destination Mystery. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? We're doing so well. Thank you so much for joining us today. Very excited. Very excited. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> well, clearly you are. And it makes sense that you guys would be talking at the same time because you're you know, siblings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So we kind of act alike. Yeah, we think alike, too. <laughs> Well, what we'd love to know is how you got the podcast started. And of course, this is coming off of you guys having your own investigation group. So we'd like to know a little bit more about that and about you guys. Go for it, Mike. Every weekend, we decided to do something fun and creative and get away from the crowds of people. And we ran across some really interesting stuff that we thought, you know, maybe we ought to make a documentary of this. And that's kind of how we got started in the podcast. That way, all of our fans, the fans, our family, <laughs> and the two fans we have can uh, watch what we're doing and see what's going on. Yeah, we had a lot of extra time actually in 2020, and so this thing that we've been wanting to put together for a while kind of came about during during the pandemic, which I know was a bad thing for a lot of people, but it gave us the time to finally do what we really wanted to do. And neither one of us have any idea how podcasts work. So we kind of had to just figure everything out. And obviously we're not, we're still not that great at it. We're still figuring it out, but we have a good time. I think you guys are doing great. We definitely have enjoyed listening to you. Thank you. We enjoy yours as well. Well, clearly you guys are into the weird and the paranormal. Where did that start? I think it started for us when we were kids. We've just always kind of been around the weird and, and unusual for me. I had my first paranormal experience when I was about nine, and it was actually at my grandparents' home. And then my uncle was our town mortician. And so, I mean, we were just kind of always surrounded by death. And it was just, it wasn't like, it was just part of life. It wasn't anything that scared us or anything. And I spent a lot of time over at his house. His daughter was my best friend. And 
the mortuary was actually underneath their living quarters. And so he had, he had a lot of cool stories. There were things that happened there that were really strange and unusual. And, and then Mike was, was in charge of taking care of the cemetery when you were a teenager. Yeah. I used to dig the graves and fix the graves when they collapsed or sometimes we had to um, exhume things and move them to other areas. So yeah. That's a lot of fun. People were scared of me in high school for that reason. <laughs> He's the grave digger. Oh no. Yeah. I was <laughs> the grave digger. Which was okay with us because we we're not people people. <laughs> we're not people people. <laughs> well, that's how we are too. Yeah. And uh, we're taphophiles. So, you know, we see a cemetery and it's like stop the car, yeah. get out, wander around. Exactly. A little sign on the side of the road and you just wander off. It's like we gotta turn here. Exactly. Check it out. Yep. And we, you know, we came from a really, really small town, nothing to do, a small farming community. And so our fun was going off and finding caves or abandoned buildings or locations that we could just explore and have fun. That was our, that was what we liked to do. The old Teton Dam. Yep. That was awesome. The biggest. Yeah. And like, and we just had weird things, you know, we had things happen that we just couldn't quite explain. And so I think it became a curiosity. We love a good mystery and we want to, figure things out, try and figure things out. But sometimes things happen that you just cannot, I don't know, you just can't say, Hey, this is that it's, it's definitely paranormal. Hence the name of the podcast. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Do you mind sharing a little bit about that first experience you had when you were nine? Sure. I was um, actually over at my grandparents' house was, which was just down the road from where we lived. They had a big dairy farm and we spent a lot of time over there with our grandparents. Um, My dad actually passed away when I was about two. And so our grandparents were a big part of our lives. They kind of helped raise us, but my little brother and I were just riding bikes around the farm. And my mom used to have this horn that she would beep out the back door of the house when it was time for us to come home and eat dinner. And I heard her beep the horn. And so I remember my younger brother being in front of me and I was like, Hey, we got to go. Mom just honked the horn. And I, I remember seeing him go around the corner of the house, actually run around the corner of the house. And I didn't click at first, but I, cause he should have been on a bike, but I, I went around the corner of the house and this I saw this little boy kind of peek his head around and then run, run around the corner and thinking it was my brother, just split second, you know, I, I hurry and rode my bike around the corner of that house and nothing was there. And then I noticed that my brother was already down the road going up the driveway to our house. And I was like, who was, you know, who was that? And as I thought about it, I, I mean, it was just a black shadow of a little boy. I have no idea who it was, but it didn't click until I noticed my brother going up the driveway of our house. And I thought, have I been like following him for a while? I didn't, I I could have been playing with him for a little while. Who knows? But I don't know who the little boy was, but we don't have neighbors. There wasn't neighbors. There weren't any little children anywhere. It was, it was a full, full apparition of a little boy. I don't know who it was, what it was. Wow. Lots of people don't ever get to have that. And you you did at a very young age. Yeah. And I don't know that I can say I've ever seen a full apparition with my naked eye since. I don't think partial, but not full. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing is, is when I got older and had little boys of my own, I have one picture of my youngest son who looks a lot like the little boy from that experience. So it kind of makes me wonder, I don't know. 
Wow. I don't that, know. <laughs> that's very cool to hear you say that. Cause I was starting to think, you know, doppelganger maybe <laughs> of your brother. And then you say that. And- it definitely wasn't my brother. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, what kind of a, a, a psychical energy was that then? If it was it, you know, a human spirit, was it something that you were projecting from a future time? Right. It's so, you know, do our kids hang out with us before? I mean, do they know that we're going to be their parents and do they, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just weird. And I don't know for sure if that was him, but when I look at that picture, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. It's pretty Well, that kind of leads into a question that we like to ask everybody. People have so many different theories about what a ghost is. There's so many different things it could be when it comes to both of you guys. If somebody was to ask you, what is a ghost? What is your answer? I feel like a ghost is a spirit that is passed on and their energy is still lingering around. That's my dog. Sorry. That, that was a experience. <laughs> Our, our dogs are in the other room too. Yeah. So you may hear them also. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hear this experience that you had, Mike. My first paranormal experience, I went when I was in college. I didn't really believe in this stuff. I didn't think much about it. Didn't have any experience with it. But my buddies and I, one of them had a house that his aunt used to live in. And she hadn't lived there probably 10 years. So we decided to fix it up and live there and go to college because we didn't want to pay a lot of rent and stuff. So we just fixed it up and lived there. Well, first thing we noticed when we got there, it was just full of hobo spiders. We spent, we finally just got a shot back and just started sucking them up like gravel. Just hundreds of spiders. And I don't know if that's paranormal, but it was abnormal to say the least. But after we got there, um, I had uh, some friends over. She was typing a report for me and I was laying on my roommate's bed and I was kind of falling asleep because I worked nights. And something came and sat beside me on the bed and it, it made me roll just a little bit. And so I waited a minute and I didn't hear anything. So I looked up and you could see something sitting on the bed, but I couldn't see anybody there. And then it wow. got up and the dent disappeared and I kind of rolled back into the position. And that was one of the things. One time I was home by myself and my uh, fiance called and Somebody picked up the phone receiver. This is back when we had phones, actual phones. Picked up the receiver, and you could hear it go something downstairs where the phone was. But so I'm like, there's nobody here but me. So I started to go down the stairs, and the doors all went flying open, and the back door went flying open. I never saw anybody. And I was right by the back door, and something went out of there. So it was kind of weird. We just had all sorts of weird stuff happen there. And the reason that the house was abandoned, and I didn't know this till later, was the aunt was taken to a mental hospital and just she saw dark, like shadow figures downstairs and they hauled her away. They thought she was nuts. But one time I was laying downstairs and something brought me out of a dead sleep and I I could see straight down the hallway and to to the landing where the stairs are. And I saw and I'd never thought of this or believed this before, but there was a large shadow figure, kind of like it was hairy, with red eyes. It started coming down the stairs, and that that kind of that scared me a little bit, to be honest. And then a few years later, I was talking to another guy, and he told me a story about a large, dark, hairy-type creature coming down the stairs with red eyes. And then he brought up the spiders. That's why I brought up the spiders. He brought up how many spiders came along 
right during that same, they're very similar stories that, you know, different parts of the state, but that was very interesting. So I don't know if the spiders had anything to do with it, but man, pretty intense. Yeah, sounds like it. Definitely. And when you're laying on a bed and you feel that depression, you, you can't dissuade that. You, you no. know, you know, when it, something is sat down next to you and then when they get up, you can feel it. rolled it. me I over mean, to the side and I could see a butt print right in that. <laughs> I couldn't see any but anything there, but you could see a butt print and it rolled me enough that I yeah. could, that it woke me up. So it wow. was, I, I, I don't know what it was, but. It always fascinates me too, because this isn't something that's corporal and yet it is causing the environment around it to react to a corporal body. Because you think right. if you can't see it, how does it have any weight to it? Right. It's just, I don't know. That's why this field is so fascinating to me. And obviously we're not going to have any answers. Hopefully and when we get there, we'll get some answers. I don't know. It doesn't seem like anybody can tell us when they get there because we ask them and they never do tell us. But no, hopefully I, just we wonder, I just wonder if we're not going to care once we get there. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always feel like I'm going to be some kind of prankster spirit, but. Oh, I totally would be. Oh, I, oh yeah. I am for sure, especially I my I totally husband. use it. Oh, yeah. We just on gets freaked out so easy. <laughs> well, this one knows enough about that with me in terms of, yeah, she knows that that's what I'll be doing. I mean, we've had spirits play with hair and stuff, and I'm like, yep, that'll be me. Yep, I'm over here. Now I'm over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> How long have you guys been investigating? Officially, we started with actual equipment and an actual investigation. January was it? It was January. New Year's Eve. Yeah, New Year's Eve, two thousand eighteen or nineteen. I don't know. I, I think, just know it's New Year's Eve. I think it was two thousand nineteen. But we've kind of unofficially investigated our whole lives. I guess That's every, every abandoned us. building we could find. Yeah. Yep. I was gonna say when you're drawn to it, you're drawn to it. You don't really have an official start date. But yeah, going into a place with equipment and trying to get something to to come back at you. We're about the same same year, 2018 is about when we started too. My husband so, gave me some equipment for Christmas and that's we just had to try it out. And our very I mean, I we were not expecting anything. And our very first investigation was it blew us away. And then after that, it was like, okay, we are hooked. We've got to keep doing this. Tell them what it was. We did tell them. We went to the St. Anthony um, reform school. We, I mean, I had my spirit box that I, you know, really wasn't, I didn't, the first time I've ever used it, didn't really know what I was doing, but we had, I said, Hey, if there's anybody here that wants to say hello, say hello. And we had two young females go, hello, hello. Like, and I, I just remember getting chills up my spine and I looked at Sierra who was sitting to my, actually I grabbed her and I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and then Michael had a thermal camera that he got stuff on that very first investigation. Also, there was a uh, shower room is what you call it. And we were, I was just playing with the thermal imager. I didn't expect to get anything either. All everybody left the room that we were in, and my daughter was standing there, and her mouth just drops, and she starts going, "Oh!" And she was looking at the screen of my thermal imager, and so I looked down, and there was a little girl with pigtails and a skirt. You could see holding onto the hand of a tall man. You could just see the outside of him, and he looked 
like he had a lab coat on. And after we left there and went home, we watched the episode of Ghost Hunters. Is that the right name? It was Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures. And they went to that place just before we did. And they there was a story of a man who, the doctor who was there, took care of the little girl that lived there. And I didn't know anything about that when we saw that. But yeah, apparently they're seen frequently and we had no idea. Wow. That's very cool. It's always nice when you go into an environment and you don't necessarily know all the fine details and then you go back and research it afterwards and read up on it or watch shows about it afterwards and then have those correlations when you already have your evidence. So that is just so much fun. It is. It blows me away. I still oftentimes I'm like, is this for real? Did that really happen? Did we really get that? Yeah. Yeah. And I think... I think it's so much fun because we know now that life can exist beyond just this one. And we don't, I don't think we need to be afraid of death. Yeah. When people ask why you do this, I mean, number one, it is fun to do it. But number two, I think that's what it has done for us is it just validates that something about us continues on in some form or another. And it makes sense because energy doesn't just go away. It has to go somewhere. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's really cool. We uh, we investigated the squirrel cage jail in Iowa and kind of along the lines with you using the spirit box, we actually rented it out and we were hosting the first ghost hunt that we were going to have like our listeners join us for. And we went out and got um, a little mag light to do the flashlight experiment. We didn't know what the heck we were doing either. And so, you know, I unscrewed it to the right place and I set it down and I was like, you know, I don't even know if this thing really works. I've seen it on TV, but for all I know, they're controlling it in some way or editing it in some way. And so we were just like, you know, if there's anybody here who wants to talk to us, go ahead and turn the flashlight on. And it was like, bam. And my heart just went, I was like, and I was trying to act calm, like, yeah, this happens all the time. So I sounded that way. But later on, I was just like, I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, this really works. There really was something here and it really can do that. It was just very cool. Yeah. And you know, I I always tell people, you don't need the fancy equipment to go. I mean, the flashlight works perfectly. And we've had the same experience with that. Yeah. And for those, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard for others that are not there in the moment. A lot of, I mean, we've seen it happen so many times on TV shows. It's like, well, you know, is there something else going on or is the battery really heating up, cooling down, things like that. But when you are having that direct interaction and it's like really responding immediately, it's just incredible. That's very cool. Yeah. We get people that are like, no, that's not real. You didn't act, you know, that's, that's made up. And we're like, well, we were there and it's not exactly. You don't have to believe us. We don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. When we were at the reform school in St. Anthony, some of the things, the questions that we asked were answered in a little girl's voice. We asked one of them what her, how old she was, and she said she was eight. Then we asked her what her name was, and we thought it was Jody. But I remember reading on the wall at the trim, Jordy, and she was eight years old. And so to see it, see it written on the wall, a hundred, how long ago? Seventy-five years ago? Seventy-eight? I don't know. I don't remember. In the fifties, nineteen fifties. So her name was written on the wall. Her age was on the wall. And then we hear it come across the spirit box. That's really hard to say that wasn't real. So mm-hmm. that's real hard to say. 
Yeah, exactly. And I know that you guys do the Estes method with the spirit box too. And we, we do that quite a bit. Diane's really good about listening. For me, it kind of gets a little bit overwhelming. The, just the sound of the regular spirit box with all the, the white noise sound and everything, but she'll put that on and we have the noise canceling headphones and I'll ask the questions. And it's always so cool because we record the entire session and just hearing back, I mean, obviously I know when I'm getting a really great response and there's a conversation going on, but then she's always like, did it make any sense? Cause it didn't seem like it made sense to me, but I know you guys do that a lot. And it's always so incredible to get that type of response. Was there any like favorite time that you have done the Estes method in terms of, you know, conversations that were had or anything that really stands out to you? Yes. Ted Bundy I- cave. Oh yep. yeah. 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 That was a good one. I love the Estes method because what you're, you don't know the questions that they're asking. You're just spitting out what you hear. And so there's no way it can be, you don't think you know what you're hearing, if that makes sense. But you, anyway, I, yeah, I love it. The Ted Bundy cave was a good one. Do you want to elaborate on that at all, Mike? Or I, I was outside cause I couldn't fit through the slats that gate. So I bet you can now. I can now, but I couldn't then. So, so is this a cave where he hid out or why do they name it that? Yeah, he actually hid there when they were searching for him in Utah. And supposedly he also, I don't know if he murdered a lady there or if he just hid her body there. But yeah, they uh, we know for sure he hid there while they were trying to find him. And we found a Polaroid of a girl under a rock there. I still and have. I know. Do you still have it? I think so. Oh. And I know they found at the crime scene, they found a lot of Polaroids. I don't know if it has anything to do with him, but it was fun to find. So sure. Could have just been somebody else who was like, hey, well, this strange well, you wonder. The wow. strange thing is, though, is that it's ripped where the girl is and she is wearing clothing that would have been from the time, time. frame. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, for me, though, the Estes method, we just investigated Asylum 49. And we actually, we had some people with us that time, um, people that had been wanting to come with us for a while, but we split up into two groups and we had one group investigate down in the basement and then we switched and had another group go down there, but we didn't compare notes or, or findings until afterward. And the strange thing was, is, um, that we both got the name Mary. We both got. Uh, the word trapped a lot. We both got that there was one girl speaking, the same girl and several males. I think there was about three males that they sounded like they were arguing and both groups got almost the exact same thing. And we didn't talk about it until afterwards. And so that was pretty cool for me. That was probably the best session that I, I think just because we were able to corroborate our findings with the other group that did the same thing. Yeah, that's always awesome because it's the closest that you can really get to a scientific comparison explanation. You know, when you, when you have two separate groups like that now, granted people can say what they want when you're sharing your experience, but you know, Mm -hmm. you know what happened. And that's at the end of the day, that's really what matters and both sessions were recorded so that's awesome you know but yeah 
I mean, you can't really control your experiments when you're trying to perform a, a paranormal. You don't have a lab, you know, a controlled lab. You just have to do the best you can. So. Right. And you can't repeat it or anything, but it's really cool that you had that, you know, two separate groups mm -hmm. and then had those same results. Yeah. And that's amazing. try new things all the time and, and you just kind of see what works and it's just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Well, we're jealous that you've done Asylum 49. It sounds like an amazing place specifically because this is a haunted house attraction that is actually haunted. It what is. kinds of other evidence did you guys get while you were there? It, it's one of those places that has so many different spirits and entities. And you've got some that aren't so nice and some that are nice and playful, you know, that it just, it was uh, a little bit overwhelming to be honest, but uh, we, Michael got a really good photo, a thermal image. I don't know if you want to talk about that, Mike. <laughs> I, hate, um, I, hate, I hate dominating the conversation. Yeah. You're so much better at it than I no, am. No, I'm not. I, uh, we, I just, I hold my thermal imager in one hand and my camera in the other hand so I can record it. And the guy I was with was like, there's something down this hallway. I can feel it. So I turned around and there is an image of something coming down the hallway towards us, but it disappeared right as soon as I, I did get a picture of it, but I didn't get much of one and it was coming towards us. We got some really good REM pod activity there too. And that was, I had just gotten the REM pod for Christmas and we did this investigation. Was it New Year's Eve again? Mm -hmm. So that was the first our New Year's Eve tradition. Yeah. It's Haunted. a great way to ring in the new year. Um, so it was the first time I'd used the REM pod, but I had stuck it in a hallway that like every time I went down this hallway, I could hear stuff going on down this other hallway. It was towards the, where the nursery and the NICU were. And we, I mean, I heard a woman's voice on a couple of different occasions. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to stick the REM pod down there. We're going to go out in this hallway, sit and do a session. And that REM pod responded on cue and it, it was, it was crazy. It, and we probably communicated with whoever it was for a good 10 minutes with that REM pod responding on cue. So that was really cool. That's always fantastic. When you have something show up on the thermal, is it a heat signature, a cold signature? Well, when we first started doing this, I didn't think I would ever, I use it for work. I use it for breakers to tell which ones are hot or I use it in a ceiling to tell where the leak was. And the first many that I got were heat signatures, not much. Well, everybody says a ghost has no heat to it, but if your energy, you have to have some kind of heat and this thing will pick up some kind of heat. But we found We found a couple that are absolutely void of any heat whatsoever, but they're human shape. I mean, very human. We did, was it Wyoming State Prison, Melissa? Yeah. Yeah, but that's... Go, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a picture there. Sorry. Go ahead. But uh, I I sometimes just hold my phone in my hand, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking elsewhere so I don't fall over something. But I was recording, and I got a picture of a girl. She kind of looked like in a ballet position and a skirt and not very tall. And I thought, well, maybe it's just my daughter, but my daughter had a hoodie on and her hood was over her head. And there's only five of us in the entire place. So, but the thing with that one was completely devoid of heat. So most of them had had some heat, but 
there's been two that didn't. With the ones that do have heat, you can, you, we have photos like with two of them are with me in there in the video. So you've got me who is very, very hot. <laughs> very hot <Hey>. <laughs> 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 but then you can tell that this other image or figure is not even close to being having as much heat as I do but it does have some a little bit so yeah, I always find that fascinating because you see both and so it's always one of those questions that we like to ask in terms of personal experiences well and I'm thinking if they are trying to manifest then they've got to have some enough energy that it is possible to create right. heat, I would think. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to think about because I'd always wondered when you would see a heat signature on it, I'm like, well, you know, people usually describe it as a cold spot when they feel something that might be a spirit near them. But then we've also heard people who have had experiences where they feel a hot spot. So now it does make you wonder if maybe that's something with manifestation. Maybe it's the spirits who have had more practice at, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we wondered the same because you, sometimes you can go into a location where it's not been investigated, like hardly at all. And you may not get the usual response that you're expecting, mm -hmm. but then you go into some place where you've been or where it's been investigated multiple times and, you know, with the flashlight experiment or something like that, you know, you get an immediate response. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is it because they haven't had as much experience related right. to those things? Right. Yeah. I mean, speaking of, of being touched and feeling warm, we were, we decided to try a cave once just to see what would happen because we wanted to be a little different. And so we went down to the bottom of this cave, this uh, lava tube, and Melissa was doing her thing and I had my thermal imager out and I got this person faded in. You could see the outs, just arm and the outside of the head, the eyes and nose. And it's looking straight at her. And on its back was a little red spot. And my niece, when this was all said and done, she had no idea what had happened or what I saw. <laughs> but she was complaining about her back being, was it hot or just poked? Do you remember? But she complained uh, about being poked in the back. Yeah, I think she said it was hot, though, too. I think she did, too. So she clearly and, felt it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, but it was on the, sa the same spot on whatever it was that manifested itself for just a few seconds. It was the same spot on its back, his back, as it was on her back. And it was looking at Melissa like he was pissed. I'm glad I'm it was you who was looking at it, not me. I'm glad I didn't know that at the time because it was a little scary. <laughs> Did you work at an Idaho nuclear plant or is this just a place that you know people who've worked there? I worked there for a couple of years right out of high school, but our brother brother works there now. Because you guys talked about this on one of your episodes and I'd never heard of a nuclear plant being talked about in regards to hauntings. And it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on there because there was some kind of an accident there years ago, right? Yeah, I think it was back in the 50s, if I remember right. He, I, I have it all written down. I can't remember for sure what the accident was, but there was a big explosion. It ended up killing three people, I believe. They pulled the rod out too fast. Or the, oh, yeah. And it blew up and pinned him to the ceiling and all the medical workers all went in there and saved him and then realized, 
oh crap, he's radioactive. So they buried the ambulance. They buried all the stuff with it. And it's still sitting in a bunker somewhere out on the site. This accident is kind of what triggered all of the um, training now where, you know, they realize, well, we can't just go rush in there without protective equipment on and, and that sort of thing. But nobody really knew, you know, what they needed to do at the time. So they all just, it was, it was kind of chaos when the accident happened, but the, the gentleman um, who was an admiral, admiral in the Navy um, is who they actually think they see most of the time. He spent his life work um, creating these nuclear, I got to look at my notes. I can't remember what it was exactly, but he, he, I mean, spent 60 years of his life doing this and he's proud of it. So they actually think it's him that hangs around for the most part there. Which makes sense. Yeah. There is a book on it. I think it's just called Idaho Falls. Yeah. It's not a power plant. It's more of a storage and testing facility for submarines. And they do have an airplane engine out there that they tried to build, but it was so big it wasn't feasible. They did power the first um, nuclear city, though, from that plant, right? It would, mm-hmm. They call it, what did they call it? Atomic City? Atomic City, yeah. Okay. Which isn't a city, by the way. It's like six <laughs> houses, but. <laughs> and a bar. <laughs> oh, that's so funny because I we, I think it was the show that we just did. And I was like, I think, or was it a bonus cast? And I was talking about this. I think it's Great Cloud Island. And they don't say it's really a town because it doesn't have schools or churches. Da, 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 da. And then it, it doesn't have a bar. And that was my comment. I'm like, well, it's not a town <laughs> if it doesn't have a bar. I'm sorry. So this is a town then. It's got a bar. Okay. There you, go. there you go. We went out there to see what the city was and some lady was driving her lawnmower over to the bar. So it's pretty redneck <laughs> out here. Yeah. Hey, where I come from, um, they have lawnmower races. Uh, they soup up the motor and everything and race them around at the rodeos and so forth. So it's Sounds all like good. Fun to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Absolutely. You guys have investigated a lot of places. Is there a dream location that you would like to investigate that you haven't done yet? I want to investigate. I think it's the same for both of us, but Chernobyl. Oh, oh yeah, that would be good. Wow. I mean, you know, aside from radiation, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to say it'd be a little dangerous in that regard, but that aside, aren't, aren't we like exposed to that every day anyway? Like, well, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But everybody picked up and left. Everything is still there. You know, I, there's gotta be so much energy. Gotta be. Yeah. We, we talked about this when we turn like 70, 75, just before we die, we'll go there and explore. And we're off. Die anyway. <laughs> yeah. or, or if we get cancer, we could just go there and get right. our treatment. That's right. It could sure. actually be I'm not fun. trying to make light of it, but you know, yeah. I, I do really want to go there really bad. Yeah. I mean, it would just be interesting to see if there is some kind of residual energy that's that's been left there, not just because, you know, people had to pick up and leave, but just based on the fact that you have this nuclear energy that might have right. trapped something. I Who feel knows? like there has to be. There has um, to be. And there's just, I mean, there will be so many places to explore and so many things to look through. And yeah, I'd like to go to Twin Bridges, Montana. I just listened to your episode of that one yeah. and I didn't know what was there. It's about two hours from my house. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go out there as soon as I can. Here, we should team up. Or that when we're down fantastic. there. Either way. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, there are so many places I used to, I basically grew up in Colorado, but I wasn't investigating at the time. And now I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have been investigating because there's so many places out West Mm -hmm. that we haven't done. The nice thing about living in Florida is we've been able to work our way up the East coast, which are a lot of places that I had never done before either. Yeah. I'd love to get over to the East coast where there's a lot more history and, you know, probably, probably more places to explore than over here, but We'll get there someday. And we have similar investigative techniques. I mean, you guys yes. don't go in there and say, hey, come at us or, <laughs> no, you know, come at me, bro. Try to instigate <laughs> things <laughs> and stuff. I mean, it's like going into somebody's house and you try to be right. respectful and you think, well, if we introduce ourselves, maybe they'll introduce themselves too. I think ghosts are, they're people. Why would I exactly. want somebody to come in and treat me with disrespect in my own space? It's not going to work. You're only going to make them mad. And I don't want to collect evidence. It's going to scare me. I just want, I just want to know their story. And you guys, you know, you always talk about the history of the place and that knowing the history, what happened there, the people that live there, uh, what they did. I mean, it just is so fascinating. And that's what I want to collect. I don't, I don't necessarily care about the evidence, although it's fun to get it. That's not my whole purpose necessarily in going. Yeah. The interaction is amazing when you, when you find that connection. Yeah. Yeah. And you're much more likely to get them talking than you are. if When you're being respectful. Yep. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I think one of the reasons why we've never felt afraid when we've gone into Mm -hmm. a place. And I think that's part of the reason is because we're going in there with a more positive energy. So we're not expecting to get something negative in return. It doesn't mean that we're not going to run into something that's a negative entity, but so far we haven't. And I think part of it is because we don't go in there guns blazing or whatever and and try to stir things up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, We had interactions with a murderer that squirrel cage. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had places. some bad I'm, people that were bad people in life. They were life, bad people in life. But they but haven't done anything mean. Let me put it that way. Right, yeah. Right. They still had respectful, good communications. Yeah. We have for the most part as well. Well, but you pretty much said what I was going to say. Almost all of our experiences have been positive ones that seemed like real people who lived a good life and died. We've only had one or two that was any any kind of negative way so the majority of them are good people i think we take our kids with us and i got some younger girls and the first time they went they were a little freaked out but after they got done they thoroughly enjoy it and i kind of wonder if that's why we don't have as good a success as we do is because well if you got kids with it you can't be that That's bad that's scarier yeah so I just thought that was interesting our team consists of young people all the way up to old people different you and I are the old people yeah (laughs) different ethnicities so we have a little bit of everything there for you know if if I'm asking questions and not getting any responses then we have somebody else try and you know it it works you might just have different spirits that connect with you I I tend to have more kids connect with me and I just you know I have that mom vibe my sons are grown but yeah yeah, it's just Whatever works. And it's nice to have a different age range. And Mike, I'm sure that we are both older than you. So whatever. (laughs) You know, we had one time too, where we were investigating and I kept thinking over the spirit box that I was hearing Spanish. And so Michael speaks Spanish. And so it was very helpful to have him be able to ask the questions in Spanish and 
kind of interpret them a little bit. So having a, a, a variety of people there helps you collect more evidence, I think. That would have helped us at the opera. <laughs> yeah, we did a, the Heard Opera House here in Arcadia, Florida. And every so often I kept hearing what, because I took Spanish when I was in school, but you know, if you don't use right. it a lot, you tend to lose it. And so I knew I was getting some Spanish through there. So I just told Kelly, I said, can you ask some things in Spanish? Maybe we'll get some kind of a response. And we did get a couple of things. And I had to look one of them up later on because I wasn't quite sure what it was. But- Donde? Yes. yes. Did you listen yep. to that episode? Yeah. Yeah. And she had I was her, yelling at you. her headphones on and I'm going, oh my God, I can't remember. <laughs> it means where to, it means where to. Yeah, I know. I'm I was like, like I, I wish we would have known. <laughs> well, and I, yeah, we get that too. Like I, when I go back through the evidence and hear the answers, I'm like, gosh, I wish I would have known that's what they said when we were there. Cause I, you know, would have made more sense, but. Well, and that's why it's so great too, though. <sighs> Even if you aren't able to actually piece it all together right in that moment, having the recording of the entire situation, the people that are asking the questions, the ones that have, you know, the spirit box through the SS method, it so many things come together after the fact. I mean, Charleston Jail is a good example of that for us. We didn't think that we got like a lot of great connectivity with spirits. And then it's like, we ended up piecing things together at the end. It's like, wow. Like there were some things that kind of blew our mind and you don't necessarily always get it right in the moment. It, it'd be great if, you know, they could spell right. it with skywriting and just right. be like, Hey, this is what we're asking you. Well, but- what happened is we, we have black tourmaline and we keep it in the car mm-hmm. so that when we're leaving, we're just like, you know, you're not allowed to come home with us. And then we have the black tourmaline we with us just them. to, you know, repel whatever might be a little negative. Well, I forgot to take it out of my bag. And so we took it into the old Charleston jail with us Uh and we weren't getting any kind of interaction, hardly at all. It would like, we'd start to get something and then it was like, it would go away and cut off suddenly the, the woman who kind of toured us through had, um, she just had like an application on her phone going, I think it was kind of like an ovalus and it came across in separate times. But when we put it all together, it was saying, where is the black and then it didn't finish what it was saying, but we had no idea until I was listening back to the audio later. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think they were asking, where's that black tourmaline that they've got in their bag? We don't want to yeah. be around that or something. It was just, and we were like, I wonder if that's why we weren't getting, cause I reached into the bag afterward and I went, oh my gosh, I can't believe I took this in there. I wonder if that's why we weren't getting any responses really. Yeah. Well, and I kept having a feeling like We had spirits around us, but we would get like very limited. We would get a a very brief period of interaction and then it was just gone. And I'm like, whatever it was just left. I mean, you could just feel it. And yeah. Yeah, And you know, the other, the crazy thing too, is like, sometimes you'll do an investigation thinking you didn't get anything. And then you go back and review evidence and you're like, holy crap, that was probably the best session we've ever had. Right. Come I didn't hear that one. I was there. Well, like, yeah, like the Wyoming state prison. I didn't think we got that much while we were there. And I was kind of disappointed because I was expecting to get a whole lot. And, and then when we went back through, we got a full body apparition and we were like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always amazing. And, you know, just the EVPs that you don't hear in person, but when you review it, it's like, oh my word, wish I had heard that before in person. Yeah. Um, 
But I mean, kind of like with the heat signature and everything, you can sometimes see things, see things visually. If you're able to catch it on the camera, great. But at the same time, people in, in the immediate experience, nobody else can see through your eyes. So it, it's just really neat when everything comes together, even if it is after the fact. Agreed. I'll take it either way. Right. Yeah, same. You guys, I am so excited to have been talking to you. This has been fabulous getting to know you guys. Um, why don't you share where listeners can listen to the podcast and find out more about you? And I think you guys have a book too, don't you? We do. You can get information for our podcast and our book by going to destination-mystery.com. Um, we have it, our first case files book, which is basically the first season of our podcast, but we have, you know, the history of the places that we went to, um, people that we interviewed, the evidence that we collected, and we'll put portions of our sessions in there. And then just, I guess what our case files are. It's kind of fun to read through, but I actually just finished writing book number two, because we just finished season number two, but now's the hard part, the editing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's we, never fun. It's a lot of, I mean, our adventures, I think are a lot of fun. So you can get information there and you can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll just want to search destination dash mystery. And if you see a picture that's like a Bigfoot skull with alien eyeballs and a beard, that's us. (laughs) I don't know if you know this, but my brother uh, created our logo and the alien eyeballs are me because I have one eyeball that's half green, half brown. Oh, Oh, that's so cool. And the beard is Mike. Gotcha. That's okay. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen it. And the gray hair is from the kids. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I always tell my youngest son that I never had gray hair until you. I don't know. Maybe you could give us a little hint as to when season three might be starting. Probably like September ish. Okay. We have, I have some projects in the works that we're needing some time to do. And in fact, I just finished three children's books. They should be releasing soon. Neat. Nice. Um, And then we have like a couple of paranormal conferences that we'll be doing. And yeah, but our, our book too, I'm hoping to have released by July. Very cool. Well, good luck with everything. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. We love, we love everything about you guys. We love the way you investigate. We love your podcast. So we always enjoy like-minded people that kind of come at it the same way and everything with that respect and, and everything. So thank you guys so much for what you do. And thank you for taking the time to speak with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys. Thanks. Oh, we appreciate you. Have a great one. Have a good night. You too. We'll see you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, Kelly, we're going to have to get out West sometime, join up with them and check out some of these haunted Western locations, especially there in Utah. There's all kinds of stuff that we have not checked out there. I definitely agree. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this paranormal conversation. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.